0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen.
1: Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're going to have a delightful conversation tonight. The topic is the art of balancing life, love, and business. And our guest tonight is Renee Piani. We're going to bring, she's the love designer. We're going to be talking to the love designer tonight. We're going to bring Renee on in just a minute, but I just wanted to talk about this idea of love, just simple, plain love. I suggest love is so vast that language in um, to speak or write about love will always fall short of the experience of love. I suggest that love expands as you open your heart to it. I suggest love always, and this is such a beautiful thing, always has a new paradigm to show you, a new possibility to show you, forever, quite literally forever. I know for myself, uh, the more um, I noodle the notion of love, and, and love can be in many different contexts, but the more i noodle the notion of love and the more i look for it in in new and different places i put i put on virgin eyes every day and try to look fresh at where love shows up love is all over the place there's so much love on facebook a mother talking about their their son or daughter getting married or a, somebody's had a baby in the household or a puppy there's love everywhere, and sometimes we can get burned from love, but it's not the love that burns us. It's the posturing with love that we've developed in our own life. Love in, in and of itself, once you get through the scar and and heal your relationship with love, love is a beautiful, wonderful thing, and it's worth it's worth taking the time to figuring out your relationship to it over and over and over again. And that's why I like so much about having shows like tonight's show, The Art of Balancing Life, Love, and Business, with the love designer, Renee. Um, Renee is, uh, she's immersed in this. I really like... uh, how wholeheartedly she stepped into this role. As a pioneer in the love industry and a co-creator of the first speed dating company in the U.S., Renee hosted hundreds of rapid dating and rapid network events and matched thousands of people for love, friendship, and business. She's a master connector. She's truly an inspirational role model and a mentor for busy people who are looking for love getting in the game after a divorce or after a heart breakup, or wanting to reignite passion in an existing relationship. How beautiful is that? She has been happily married to the man of her dreams for 13 years is and is on a quest to share her healing journey. Her inspiring love stories and lessons are igniting hearts worldwide. There's a free gift on her website, Renee, Piani, which is R-E-N-E-E-P-I-A-N-E dot com. And she's a widely acclaimed and sought-after inspirational speaker, TV celebrity, and the author of two books, Get Real About Love, The Secrets to Opening Your Heart and Finding True Love, and the book Love Mechanics for Men. She's also a certified hypnotherapist, NLP and timeline therapy practitioner, and a healer of the heart. Join me in welcoming Renee to the show. Renee, we're on the air. It's so nice to have you on the show tonight.
0: Thank you, Les. That was really sweet. I loved all the things you were saying, you know, about love and we're right aligned with this fresh new start about love, especially this time of year. This is when the holidays are coming around and a lot of people are reinventing or getting back in the game. So I'm here to help anybody out there that's listening, that wants to be inspired not to give up on love because it's the most important thing.
1: Well, you're, you're very passionate you're, you're very excited and passionate when it comes to talking about love. I mean, what got you to the point where love was so front and center in your intentions that you, that you became the love designer?
0: Well, I think that, you know, some people are just natural connectors. And even my family, I come from a, East Coast, a very passionate Italian family that was in the business of brides and catering and putting people together and, you know, creating events that were surrounded by love. You know, so my father was a philanthropic businessman that gave back in the community. And then we grew up, you know, helping charities and everything. So I think love was a priority. My father was also a fan of... Leo Buscaglia who was an Italian writer that taught about love and I used to read these books and I always was interested in seeing people who felt down and out and lifting their spirits ever since I was in grade school and in high school. So I think I've always had a natural knack for cheering people up and giving them inspiration and it turned out that I was doing brides and makeovers and I was always listening to people's love problems, even when I was in high school. So it was a natural thing for me. And then when um, I moved to Los Angeles, I was doing marketing and branding and stuff for a a hair salon where we did brides and makeovers on men and women. We became very popular. And then I got a, 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 a hair to come to California from Delaware to be a community connector, and then I became an image makeover specialist. So that's how it started back in 1992. I started to teach classes of, to men about understanding women. And ladies out there who think that men are have had lots of Prince training, um, I have to tell you they haven't been advised the way that we have imagined in the movies. <laughs> so that's how it started last <laughs> And uh, and then from there it just it transformed from one part of my life into events and just. But it's really because I saw loneliness in big cities and busyness, and I see that people want love, but they're not taking enough action to create it.
1: So, so you talk about finding started. loneliness and busyness in a big city, and and yeah. I don't want to project thoughts or words, but a lot of times um uh that loneliness can come after a a traumatic event of the heart where there's been a painful yeah. event related to love uh how do you wow. i mean when people if if they're the walking um uh, wounded if you will um yeah. they're not really always inclined to to uh take another look at love again what do you see as the, the most common barrier from people even considering uh, engaging in love again?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting you to ask that question because that is mainly the market of people that I work with are people that are either going through a terrible divorce or breakup, number one, then number two, or have been out trying to meet but haven't had success so they give up. Or people that are in relationships that they know aren't right, but they're afraid to leave because they're afraid to be alone again, right? So my job, um, and the only reason that I have this much passion for it, is because I myself had barriers in my own heart, and I wrote my whole story about it by admitting that when I was younger, although I had this passion to help people, I saw role models in my life as I grew up of divorce and scared, you know, women in my family through three generations that had been left by their husbands with children alone and they all struggled to then make money for themselves to raise their families. So what I discovered, Les, after being in this industry for over 29 years is that many people... Because of my speed dating experience, I worked with people of all nationalities and all cultures from around the country, right? So all the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, they all dated different, right? So you look at guys and women that are in that generation from 50s moms and dads that raised them compared to the lifestyle of our fast-paced world now, right, So you combine the different generations of daters with all of the rules that they saw from their parents. Now you combine that with the divorce rate of half of the people or more being divorced and their children seeing pain associated with love from the beginning. So what I realized was I myself uh, was trying to help people because I was frustrated from seeing role models that weren't so hot, right? So that's where right. the basis of it is, right? The the barrier comes often from our love lineage. And I talk about this in my book, Get Real About Love. And when people see divorce, see pain, like men who grow up with a single mother and they have to take care of their mother or a woman that sees the father abuse the mother or... Uh, You know, parents that rip apart and, and you think to yourself, oh, love hurts. So we have beliefs that get stored in our minds, in our unconscious, that cause us to have fear. And that's where it begins. And then normally it happens again and again and again, and the walls get higher and higher and higher. So I'm the person that came up with a process that I did on my own heart break down my walls and then eventually I found real love so I wrote a book about my past and my fears so that people would see. The reason I'm so passionate about it is because I did it and I successfully helped thousands of other couples and people heal their hearts from the pain from their past and move forward to finding extraordinary love.
1: Wow, I like that. You know, uh, I like how you tie it into the lineage too, because, you know, I um, I think of my own parents, and, um, like my dad. Uh, I see pictures of my dad when he was a teenager, before mm-hmm. I was even born, of course. And he's just this ear to ear grinning farm boy. He he's just having the time of his life. He's such a a vibrant, radiant guy, right? And then he, right? then I go through the albums of pictures, and it goes off to World War II. And he comes mm-hmm. back from World War II, and he's got this perpetual scowl on his face. And it's like huh? war ripped that young boy out of his psyche. War yeah. shoved it so far down in his persona that... Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever, ever, ever healed from that. So when you bring in lineage, and I like how you talked about role models, too. I mean, who can we look in society? Because the, the, um, from my perspective, there's, there's kind of different uh, types of love or strategies of love. Like, for example, yeah. a young couple will be engaged to be married, and they're like, well, he makes me so happy or she makes me so happy. And I want to mm-hmm. just pound my head against the wall, saying he's responsible for whether you're happy or not, and then you and then there's the the older uh more seasoned person who loves somebody without um expectation, kind of an unconditional love, like a much deeper love mhm mm-hmm. and and when you see that as a role model then the tempest the, the storm of love doesn't rip so deeply when it when there's some kind of upheaval between the couple i mean what what have you noticed working with people
0: well i think that that's this is why the title is about the art of balancing life love and business people in our world right now i've been in the business before the internet right i started coaching men in 1992 taught at this company called the learning annex for years that turned into a business of me doing makeovers. But what really was happening was I would sit with men and this little boy, you were talking about the little boy and your grandfather, right? All people, male and female, we have a little boy and a little girl, right? At this joyful, playful, hopefully uh, life that was joyful. Or you may have grown up in a family where there was a lot of kids and one kid got more attention. So, when you look at your role models as you grew up and then you tie that in with experiences that you had from rejection from high school, college, people get these, these imprints in their heart. They're like little wounds, you know, or happy times. So I help people to look at all of those aspects of their life so that they can create and design a life that they want because really love the person you pick in your life is the most important decision I believe because you live with them every day in your life, your lifestyle, your family, your religion, all the things you do every day, your career. And right now in the world as it changed from people meeting at the farmer's market to people meeting at churches to people having community ways to meeting to now everything is fast 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 and i was the first person to create the fast 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 five minute date right so people Mm -hmm. now they swipe they they're swiping on tinder and apps and they look at a picture they make a judgment and they go out and they want to close a deal like it's like it's a business like okay i like this person they like me let's go hook up so love to me is one of the most sacred decisions that you'll ever make and if People choose quickly that also causes them to be unhappy because they weren't, like you were talking about just in your last conversation, oh, he makes me so happy, right? Well, it's great that your partner makes you happy, but if you get two people that have good role models, they have good values, and they kind of are aligned or somewhat aligned or, you know, going in one direction, you're a happy person, he or she is a happy person, And you build a life together, it creates an extraordinary experience. But if you have a rescue person that likes to help people, they pick a wounded bird, whether it's a male or female, and they try to rise that person up to become, because they're attracted, right? So that's what I used to do. I used to pick men that were hurt, and I thought, I will heal them, you know? Now I get paid to heal people, but it's really deep work within each person to look at where did you learn about love what where are you right now in the love world because people are either breaking up they're looking for love they're frustrated or they're they are just completely blindsided and confused and they don't know what to do so people come to me to get clarity They come to me to heal their little boy and little girl so that that part of you, everybody goes, well, there's one. Last night is a perfect example. I went to a networking, and people saw my name tag, and they said, love designer, what's that? And I said, I help people open their hearts to love because of the blocks. And they go, well, I'm too busy, so I usually find unavailable people. And I said, well, that's because you don't carve out sacred time in your life to look at how your love life is affecting your business. You know, they work and work and work, so they pick somebody that's sort of a fun person to hold them over for a while. I call them temps As a filler, or well, I had a client that called it a placeholder before he found his wife. He says, I call them lovers, I call them placeholders. But they, they hold a place. The only little amount of time that they have they fill with someone that isn't aligned thinking that that time will all of a sudden magically somebody's going to show up. Does that make sense? So they waste time because they don't carve out time to get real about what they really want. And And then it causes pain because that person wasn't really what they really wanted. And they go, well, I spent two years with somebody, but I knew she wasn't right. Or I knew he was a a player, but I did it anyway. And you go, why would you do that? Why would you waste your time? So busy people sometimes now with the world, we have Tinder, phones, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these ways to connect, LinkedIn. We are on our, our phones and computers all day and nobody's out meeting each other. Nobody's connecting in the community anymore. It's all done on the Internet. People are lonelier than ever, lonelier than ever. Wow. So
1: I, I love this conversation. So, uh, you know, the, the idea of uh, um, somebody kind of resigned to to reconnecting to love, it's like, well, I'm too busy or I'll just hold it at arm's length or we'll do this for a while and and I love what you're saying about wait 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 time out. I mean I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you want to go you want to go deeper. You want to whittle down to a much deeper mechanism that might have a posture of keeping everything at arm's length or not really showing up when they get together, kind of keeping a a facial boundary where. You know, Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. if they start talking, they won't really share a a deeper connection. So so what do you do with that?
0: Well, you have to do an examination of your heart, right? So when people come to see me, I always say, well, what condition is your heart in? And they go, well, what do you mean? I said, how much of you believe that you're going to find love? You know, make an appointment with your own heart and get real with yourself, you know, Remember, you know, your work is always going to be a part of your life, and hopefully your work is happy. But at the end of the day, I ask people, are you totally fulfilled? Are you balancing your work time and personal life? You know, do you think that once you get to a certain level that all of a sudden this magic doorway is going to open up because you finally hit your, you know, half, uh, $500,000 goal of being successful and you have a house and a car and all this money and everything, but then you have these temporary people that are in your camp, and you go, oh, God, I can't, you know, oh, well, I'll just wait, I'll just wait, and people put things off all the time because they want everything to be perfect, right? And I kind of right. had that. I call it, I call it in my book, the once I syndrome, like, well, once I finish my book or once I get my website built or once I paint my house or once I lose 20 pounds, and people always put love into the future when really they're not looking at themselves why they're scared. So most often when people meet with me, I help them to do an evaluation of that. So it's sort of like a, um, I guess you would say, what did somebody call me? Like a, a catalyst for the shift in your own unconscious and conscious mind so that you can see what part of you is fighting the part of you that wants love. So if you have two parts, one going one way and the other one going toward work or success and one part of you wanting love but you're not fully committed, you'll keep meeting people that are like you again and again. you, You keep attracting unavailable people because you yourself aren't all the way open. Right, I like that.
1: You know, and uh, another thought came to mind, and that's the notion of self-love. In that, mm-hmm. um, if you don't feel like you really deserve a wonderful relationship, or somehow you you did you did something in the past, or there's some role or archetype or unresolved wound in your psyche. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if your relationship, if your own relationship to love, incidental of anyone else. If your own relationship to self-love is wounded, that would be a a, a big element to to see if they if people could actually show up. the The, the thought of um, a role model, a couple uh, lovers, um, the 13th century poet Rumi comes to mind. Um, yeah, people. People deeply in love, in in a healthy and balanced way. If that was mm-hmm. shown to people in a in a sincere and safe way, and then they could believe it for themselves, they would beat down your door. They would they would stampede to um, to to heal the scars, but. It, it's like they don't believe it exists. I mean, I, I well, on the like back. I said in the opening, love will yeah. always expand.
0: Well, it's, it, you know, when you think about, like, when I talk to people, like, even last night, this girl said, it's, I, I, I listen to every conversation because everything that a person out there that's listening, if anyone is, or if you are, everything that you say to yourself about yourself about relationships to your friends or family, you know, oh, all the people are unavailable, women don't like me, you know, it's impossible to find love. Those are proclamations that keep love at a distance, you know. So um, people used to say, Renee, you, you know, you're, you're like, uh, you're afraid of love. And, I, and I, I thought, that's not true. But little Renee was afraid of love, okay. So you have little Johnny, little Susan, little Barry, little... You know, Mary, in your life going, oh, God, I got hurt when I was 15, and my boyfriend left me for a prettier girl, and I didn't feel worthy. So these things add up, and, and I call it, uh, my, a, a friend of mine, a client of mine said it's like stacking up the negatives. And if you haven't had many positives or many role models in your life, you don't have anything to look, look toward. I believe that my marriage is kind of modern. You know, my husband is a a very busy businessman. I'm a busy businesswoman. We have a very cool, um, very, um, very connected, sacred marriage, but it takes work, and that's why this is called the art of balancing love, life, family, and business. It is something that needs to be practiced. So when you go through ups and downs in your life as a single soul, or somebody that's in a relationship that is not married, a lot of times your wounds aren't healed. And love does heal wounds, even when you're in love. Like my husband and I both had imprints from our past. And when we got married, we got to be mirrors for each other, right, to then heal stuff that love only love can heal by having trust, by building a strong foundation of communication, by talking when you're sad about something um, that comes up, you know, um, with money, with family, with sex, with all those issues. And it is something that most people aren't learning from anywhere really about really deep, deep sacred love. So I'm really, really big into asking people that are listening, would you want to date or marry you right now? Like are you the person that you would want to attract, you know, to yourself would you marry yourself (laughs) you know like would you be really going wow i can't wait to marry myself you know i feel great you know so i help people to get prepared for that and to really vision the kind of life that you want as a love designer not everyone is meant to be married and have children like the cookie cutter american dream and people the millennials are rebelling against marriage um countries are even having trouble greece Italy, this is worldwide. The Italian women are sick of infidelity. They're not getting married and having kids. The whole uh, Italian country is suffering from babies not being born because the women are standing up and not wanting to put up with infidelity. Greece, you know, different cultures, even the Persian, Indian cultures, not wanting to be fixed up in the traditional way. There's a whole shift happening because people want to have real love. And I live in Hollywood, and Hollywood is not real love, people. I work with movie stars. I've worked with famous people. I work with people that have it all, and you would imagine them having the best life ever. But some of them are deeply, deeply insecure. So Hollywood isn't a great role model. And movies, you know, what happens when the prince and princess meet, and then the prince comes and sweeps the princess off on a horse, And they run off into the sunset. But what happens after they get to the castle? (laughs) You know?
1: Right, yeah. What happens?
0: So that's why Get Real About Love is, this is a series of books. This book is all about trusting in love again. Taking a look at yourself in the mirror and saying, wow, I've been hard on myself because of what happened to me 10 years ago. I have people that are still in love with somebody and I call it a passenger remaining in their heart, right, in their vehicle. When somebody meets them, you can tell they're not open. Or someone that has stayed in a relationship for seven to ten years because they're afraid to leave. So they, quote in my book, stay too long, right? Or someone that's been alone for so long because they were told that they're not pretty or they're not handsome enough and they don't have any faith. So it's all about you nurturing the heart, your own heart. If you can't love your heart, if you can't treat yourself well, how do you expect to magnetize a person that's going to love you like you've been fantasizing about, if you can't love you?
1: Right. Well, it's it's the idea of showing up to the relationship with your cup full because you Take care of yourself because you love yourself. You you take care of your body because you love yourself. You take care of your diet because you love yourself. And, and mm-hmm. that self-love is a self-nurturing kind of thing. Whereas if you're a needy clingy and it's like, uh, well, I'm not going to take care of myself, but I want you to come make me feel good. You know,
0: right. you
1: know, let's just get some fuel for the fire and see how quickly it's going to burn out.
0: Well, you know, that's true with couples and it's also true with singles. You know, when you have disappointments in the singles world, and this happens to many, many of my clients. I was just on the phone with a gentleman earlier, a very wonderful man with success in his life. And he, you know, he goes up to women and they, and the women aren't receptive, you know, Um, Women don't give, a, a lot of men, now that this Me Too thing happened, men are afraid, ladies, to come up to say hello because they don't want to be accused of accosting you, you know, and now I think and I've heard, you know, people get a little bit afraid about approaching and shaking someone's hand and touching them without it feeling like the women are going to be so defensive. So I teach classes about opening up to love. I teach rituals about how to open yourself up um, and how to really carve out space, because the person that you could find could be right, literally in your neighborhood. And most people that are single are working and working and working, and they're not playing enough to go out and show that openness. So they have to go and get involved in the community. So. I think, you know, there's there's talking to couples that are in love that are busy, right, and staying in balance and in sync as a couple. And then there's single people who are in all these different phases of love. Like, you know, people are either, I always say, what is your situation? People call me and they go, I heard about you. I want to talk to you. So I do an evaluation. Where are you right now? And they say, well, I was with a guy for four years, and then I finally asked where we were going with this. I'm like, you waited four years to ask? You know, you should have had your vision together. And they go, well, I thought that I could eventually convince them to want to get married. He was very clear from the beginning that he was on the fence about it. And then I said, well, what was his family like? And they'll say, well, his parents were divorced. He had no great role models. Well, he wasn't set up to go into marriage with a full guns blazing committed heart. He was damaged. You know, so people go into things too quick in these times. They jump in bed with people that they don't even know their families. They haven't even seen the guy or girl's apartment. You know, they call me and they say, I think I'm in love. I met somebody on Tinder. We've had two dates and the sex is sizzling. And I'm like, well, have you met his family? No. Have you ever visited his office? Do you know any of his friends? No, 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 no. And then a month or two later, the sizzle has died and they call brokenhearted. I'm like, why did you rush into love? You know, and I have a blog on my uh, website, Renee Piani. Fools rush in. Why should you rush into love if you want real love? People can go get a flash in the pan, sex if they want. They can run around and be, you know, players or swingers or whatever. Everybody has the right, and I'm not here to judge anyone. Everyone has the right to design love the way that you want it. But why aren't people more honest? Why can't they get real with each other about right now I'm hurt and I want to play or right now I'm growing my business and I'm not ready for a relationship or right now I want to be a swinger and I like men and women or I'm gay and I don't want women anymore. I mean people are coming out of the closet everywhere proclaiming who they are but that makes them more powerful because they're speaking up for what they want as a vision. So I help people to get clear on what that vision is and stop fooling themselves to believe that they want to go and get married when they're 22 and have five kids when they know that that's not really what they want, but they grew up in a family that forces them to do that, you know, that wants them to be like they were back in the 50s. You know, that's just not realistic. You know, people are growing and expanding and you can be whatever you want to be. And I'm not here to judge anybody. But I was single less until I, was, I got married when I was in my 40s, and everybody said, how did you do that? How did you become so successful and then find somebody? I made it my priority. I finally right. decided that I deserved to have somebody great and that I was wonderful and that I wanted somebody to treat me in a way that would respect me, and I pulled in somebody into my heart and into my life that is at equal with me about family values, about religion, about lifestyle and we matched up because I was ready. I was ready.
1: You put the effort out.
0: I put the energy out, I put the prayers out, I went out and told people that I was ready to get married. People went, You you're ready to get married, you you do radio, you T V you do events, you're running all over the country But when I was busy, left, no man, I went back. My book makes people get real and look at their life and do an examination, right? So I went back, and I'd run into men that I dated when I was running speed dating. And then I said, can I ask you a question, Steve? What was it like to date me? And he said, you were fun, you were interesting, but you did not have time for love. You seemed too busy. And I was like, really? Oh my God, trying to get you on the phone, the frenetic tone of your voice. Oh my God, I got a meeting, I got to go. Boom. When can I see you? I'll let you know. And then I would forget because it wasn't a priority in my life. Most people that are busy and rich and successful or whatever you are think that they're just going to be able to snap their fingers suddenly when they want love and it's just going to magically appear and Then it doesn't. And then they call me and they're like, oh, my God, I keep meeting unavailable people. And I said, well, perhaps, Bill, why don't you take a look at the man in the mirror like Michael Jackson says and see, make a change. Let's make that change. So people call me when they want somebody to keep them accountable. And I follow their path and look how they're marketing and branding themselves. And it really surprises them when they get to see that it's them causing their own problems.
1: Right. Well, I mean, can you share a couple of examples, uh, um, um, anonymous examples about how clients came to you and and then the outcome of it and, and the effect that working with you had on it?
0: Well, uh, as a matter of fact, yes, I have a lot of them. I mean, I work with them. You know, I had, I had a client that was from my hometown. He was a very successful man. He had been married twice. And he is one of the nicest men and generous men and a family man. And, a, uh, and he always met women that had broken wings. I called him. He was a rescue viber in my book. He loves to take women that are pretty and have all this potential, and see if he can help them. And then, when it comes down to them giving back to him, he found himself not really getting back what he was giving. Right. So, right. Um, I he was seeing another wounded bird, and I ran into him, and, and I said to him, "I met the woman, and she was beautiful, and he's so dynamic and very successful." And I said, "Uh uh-oh, you're in your love pattern again. And he said, what do you mean? I said, she's not in the same love phase. So I made him aware that he was really ready. He had healed from a divorce. We had done some work together. But then he started dating, and he would call me every once in a while for a little update. So I was working with him. And his testimonial is on my coaching page. So if anybody wants to see this guy, he tells the story. So anyway, he brought this woman here, and they were going to move here. And I watched everything that was going on. She wasn't touching him. She wasn't using wee we, wee. She was only I, I, I. It wasn't anything about them together. And I realized he still wasn't seeing the pattern because he was blindsided by the hope of her finally opening her heart. And he was getting little bites of love, right, little tastes, like it's like, Little taste of chocolate, but you can't eat the whole bar, if you know what I mean. Sexually, intimacy. So I got to the bottom line with him, and I said, why don't you try something? Why don't you do a takeaway with her and say, I make a proclamation. I care about you. I think you're a beautiful woman. I've spent one year trying to get you to move forward with me, and it doesn't seem like we're going in that direction. And I am ready for love, and I see that you're in a phase where you're still healing from a passenger remaining in your vehicle. So I've decided, instead of ruining our relationship, that we should just be friends, and you should go your way for a while, and I'm going to go out and date, right? So I got him to say it. He didn't break her heart, so it saved the relationship. She ended up meeting someone. Else because she really wasn't attracted to him. I could tell by their body language. She was attracted to his spirit, but she was not feeling that magic, right? So right. a month and a half later, he had written a vision. I got him really clear about what he wanted. He met the love of his life. So it was a dynamic woman. She had children. They had the same family values. Everything lined up. It was easy, it flowed, there was no pushing, there was no angsting, there was no doubt, there was no fear. And he called me up and he went, it's a miracle. By me freeing up the space from this person, I then attracted my ideal match. And I was at their wedding and the girl was there with her, the other girl that was his you know, girlfriend at the time was there with her then husband at his wedding. So they both got to get what they wanted, they both remain friends, and he has the love of his life and she has the love of her life. But someone Beautiful. anyone out there anyone out there listening, if you're with someone that you have to ask, are you here? Are you are you committed? Do you want this? And they're not giving you an astounding yes, then don't be mad. Be mad at yourself that you might not have listened to your gut. Ask your heart, put your hand on your beautiful heart or your soul tonight and say, am I with somebody that really is what I want or am I afraid because my little boy doesn't want to be alone? And men sometimes are often more guilty than women. And then it causes pain because the men stay with women because they're getting nurtured, but they know that they're not marrying that woman. And they don't care because they are feeling like it's better than nothing right now it's a temporary fixer do you know what i'm saying
1: oh sure well you've written a book uh for men love mechanics and yes i mean what would you um what do men not know about men if you know what i mean in other words because men can be their own animals, so to speak, in in a in a loving way. I say that, but what is it about men that men might not know?
0: Well, the book is really it's called Love Mechanics: The Power Tools to Build Successful Relationships with Women. Right? So, men men often think that they have to build a career, become a certain level of success, and then suddenly love is just going to show up and they are going to live happily ever after. In the meantime, women are doing all this internal work. They're praying. They're meditating. They're balancing. They're trying to be pretty and feminine, and they're expecting a man to be a man with a plan that has the emotional component that they're looking for to connect to them, to understand them to learn the, um, the, the techniques to connect, you know, the uh, whether a man is auditory, uh, visual, or kinesthetic. They think that men have had some magical training to prepare their home and to get ready. And often men have had role models of a mother that took care of them when they were young, depending on the age group that they were brought up in, right? So my sure. book is to help a man have a step-by-step process to look at the phases that he's in as a man, either building a career or brokenhearted from a divorce, he's inexperienced. And then they get to look at the vibes that they send, the things that they think and say, and the lack of training that they never got from their fathers or their uncles or their brothers or sisters or their parents. So they get this training on how to prepare you know, like looking at how what they do for work, looking at what they do to take care of their physical body, the way they, like you were saying, take care of their body, what they eat, how they live. Because a woman's not going to want to come and, and grow up a guy. You know, I have a story. This is a true. I mean, I dated a lot of different men before I was single because I was in my 40s when I got married. And I dated a really super successful guy that was a, um, he was a mortgage broker. He had a home in Long Beach, but I had never been to his home. I had never met his friends. He seemed on paper like the greatest guy. We went out on two or three dates. He invited me to come to his house. When I got to his house, this man was 43 years old. He had dust all over his house. He had kitty litter boxes everywhere, so his house smelled like a kitty litter box, kitty litter um You know, P, and he had curtains on his front window that were not curtains; they were sheets with nails in the front. There was a blue one on the right side and a red one. Two old, ugly sheets nailed up to cover his windows, and a futon with dust bunnies all over. And I walked in. Now this man drove a Lexus. He wore Armani suits, but when you walked into his apartment, it looked like a (laughs) seventeen-year-old. College dorm with a dirty bathroom, ugly bed, ugly every. His kitchen was a mess. And and I said, wow, John, this is where you live? And he goes, oh, I just didn't have time to clean up. Now, this is how he lives. He's a slob. He was basically a slob. But you would never know that before that night. So I told him I was glad that I hadn't gotten more romantically involved with him. And I told him, I said, you know what, you should hire me and let me help clean this place up because you're never going to get any action with any woman in this place. It's terrible because it shows that you don't care about yourself. So a lot of people just never have training to do certain things. And it's not like I'm their mother. I become the confidant and friend to men and women who really haven't had anybody to show them how to feel beautiful, how to feel confident, uh, how to build a dating wardrobe, how to look at the way that they present themselves online. And it's really cool, you know, and I love it. I, as you can see, I have a lot of passion for it. I really do.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I I think one thing that men can struggle with is um, the a lot of times men are raised with the role of fixing problems. And yeah. when a woman starts sharing how she feels, and, oh, this happened and I felt like this, and that happened and I felt like this, a lot of times the men feel like they're that the women are reporting problems they want solved. And yeah. it, it's not always that way. The woman is just sharing the feeling. With no expectation of, well, this is now your problem, man, it's not mm-hmm. it at all. But the man will say it in his own mind, it's like, okay, well, these are the things we need to fix. And mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not that kind of a mechanic in the sense that a woman will share how she feels just to get it out in, into the open. And so the man holds space just holds the space for her to share her feelings, period, and just hold the space for it, and then she can confide and feel safe. But a lot of people never hear those sentences, and and they they can't get out of the fix-it mode, and so it, it can kind of lead to, a well, what are we going to do about that, you know? And...
0: And yeah. it, it, it yeah. can put them
1: in an awkward spot.
0: Well, what happens is, you know, couples make mistakes. Sometimes when a woman, I know myself, and when I speak about this, like I'm going back, I spoke about it at a conference, about getting out of sync as a couple, right? And when people are busy people, it's really hard because if you're spinning, right, I mean, I like if I'm at a speech or I'm at a women's group at a nighttime speech and I'm talking about love and sex and dating and how to go home and keep your marriage spicy, right, and the women are all excited and it's 1030 and I come walking in and I'm in my suit and I look, I'm all jazzy and I mean, my husband's finally gotten unwound. We're not in sync, right? I'm high energy. He's low energy, right? So Couples get out of sync when you have different schedules and you have to carve out time. So, when I want to talk, because I love to talk, right? I have to say, Honey, are you re? Can you talk? Can you let me talk? And he'll say, Right now isn't a good time. So, as married couples, women love to chat. That's why it's good to have a lot of girlfriends to dump all of the stuff that you're going through and all that. We have each other. But men sometimes don't have that and they're not used to women, you know, wanting to come home and unwind their day. So right. I teach couples about it, you know, approach your partner to set up that time so that they can be fully present. Because if your husband's tired or you're tired and he comes home, my husband comes flying in from different cities all the time and and he'll go, oh, my God, this deal, blah, 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 you know, and I'm in the middle of a conversation with a client, and I'll be like, I have sessions now till 8 o'clock, you know. So we have to actually make appointments so that we can be totally there for each other, you know, really listening. And that's not easy for people, you know, and you have to take a look at your patterns in relationships because couples get out of sync over the years because their partners do what I call talk to the hand, I don't know about you, but my husband, when I first met him, he is on the phone all the time, and so am I. So when I go in to talk to him about something, he puts his hand up, like stop, like a stop sign, and I used to get so offended. And then I realized that's his money-making time, you know. Let me let him do his magic, and then after it's over, I make sure I feed him. I make sure we because uh, <laughs> it's all about it's all about uh, timing. Right, the timing of when you ask, right, the tone of your voice when you ask, and then actually syncing up. And it works if you know somebody in the relationship kind of has to monitor that. And I'm that person in my marriage, and I teach people how to really look for the signs. And this goes for friends, this goes for business associates, this goes for life in general. The art of balancing your life is really looking at how you're caring for yourself and not expecting that other person to be in the same energy zone that you're in at certain times of the day and how do you change your vibes and all of that. So these are the things that I teach and talk about because now that I've been with him 16 years, he's a workaholic, A-type. And, you know, women, wanna, men, women always say, I want to find a man that's successful. I want to find a man that has money. I want to find a man that's busy. Well, men that are like that, they like nurturing, girls. They like femininity. They like time. They like you to carve out time. And if you're just as equally busy, then sometimes you don't think, and that's why they don't marry you. That's what they told me. That's what men told me. So I wrote my book for busy professionals that are either divorced, that are bitter, that are untrustworthy. And I'm like, okay, boys and girls, take a look at yourself. Get real. Do an evaluation. Be gentle with yourself because you are probably causing your own problem. You know, you are responsible. You're causing the challenge. You can blame men that are unavailable all you want, ladies. But I can tell you, if you keep attracting unavailable people, there is a part of you that is unavailable.
1: Nice. Well, So. So who's your ideal client? I mean, do you work with singles, couples? I mean, who 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 do you like working with? What's your ideal client?
0: I have to say most of the people that come to me are high-powered, successful people that have keeps getting like a pattern at, or there's somebody that broke up. Like people that are newly divorced, suddenly single, or doubt that love exists. So that could be anyone from... I say my age range is from 30 to 60, ideally. Uh, I I work with people, married couples, who meet me and my husband, and they're like, can I have that? They want to have the juice that we have. And they go, how do you keep yourself so passionately in love with your husband? I said, it takes work. It's not just because he's a handsome guy and I'm kind of cute. It takes effort. And so I work with people in all phases of love, because I've been single, I've worked with thousands of singles, and now that I'm married, I'm kind of getting into the marriage zone, you know, or the role model zone uh, for successful marriages. And most of the people that um, used to be my un um, my uncommittal friends, they all got married. So for people that have had blocks in their heart, I'm the. I feel like I'm the straight shooting honest heart healer that can make you gently look at yourself, heal it, and get your results. So it just depends on how committed you are to your own heart. And if people are interested, they can call me for a free consultation or they can go on the link that's on your show and get free gifts, um, some more information. And I just love uh, – there's nothing – more exciting to me than to create love stories for people that have given up. So when people call me, I said, I'm not going to let you give up. I understand why, you're, why you've given up, but that has to be healed first or you will continue the same pattern over, I call it a love loop. You'll have a love loop, meeting the same man or woman, whether you're gay or straight, over and over and over, and then calling me in a couple of years and go, what do I do? I, I, I keep meeting the same person. Because you right. have not shifted, so this well, work is pretty a, deep.
1: I like it. We've only got a few minutes left, um, and, and okay. you touched on it, but could you, um, excuse me, could you tell the listener? Um, how they can work with you. For example, one-on-one over Skype, how to get your books, elaborate on how the listener can connect with you.
0: Okay. Well, anybody that's interested, you can go to my site, com. You can look on the different uh, coaching packages. I normally, what I like to do is to see if we are a match to work. So a lot of people hire me They buy my book, and then they meet with me for 90 minutes so that I can give you a plan of action. And if you need more help, then I usually create either 10-hour or 20-hour packages where I take a good look at everything that you're doing. I work with people all over the world through Skype. Um, Often people hire me to take them shopping, image makeovers. I get you all new profiles and update what you're doing and help you to look at your patterns through my work in the book. And I do hypnotherapy, all sorts of personalized services. So what I do is I tailor the program based on what you need. So that's why it isn't just one set structure. It's different and designed personally for you. So they can go to my coaching page. I have online seminars. I do radio. I have blogs. And I'm just here to support you if you're very serious about changing your love imprints, taking a look at the patterns that could block you from finding love, and moving forward with a step-by-step plan so that you can get your vision clear and you can move forward to create extraordinary love. I've created thousands of couples to get married. I love going to weddings. Um, And I am really here to help people to take their heart into their own hands and get themselves open to love. So I do have online classes and personalized coaching. So they can check it all out online and call me for a free 15 minute uh, consultation as well.
1: That's so excellent. if you sign. Well, yes. we're, we're pretty, pretty much book, out I of time.
0: To, okay, Okay. And the, I was just going to say the book is online on Amazon in Audible, Kindle, and book form. And if you email me and let me know that you bought it, I will send you the Get Real About Love vow and set up an appointment with you so you can connect with me on my website to contact me. So I'm very excited to hear from anybody and to get their free gifts when they sign up.
1: Well, Well, very nice. I want to thank you, Renee, for being our guest tonight. It's been a wonderful conversation.
0: Well, thank you, Beth. I can see that you can really feel my passion, and my life is dedicated. It's like a ministry for me to really help people to be kind to themselves as they go through the journey. And the more gentle you are with your own heart, and you treat yourself the way you want to be treated, that love will show up when you least expect it. So get real with your heart, and I can promise that they'll get results.
1: We've been talking with the with Renee Piani and the topic tonight has been the art of balancing life love and business with the love designer. You know it's always my pleasure to bring you episodes like this because life's worth living when you show up for it. If you if you sit back and sit on your hands and kind of uh, surrender and give up on life and love, then you can, you can span uh, many years of dormant, um, mundane living, but life and love, consciousness and love expand when you get excited about it. So I'm so glad you, the listeners, have chosen to join us tonight. It's my pleasure bringing you episodes like this. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time.
0: This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.